0: So we now to uh have Her Grace, prema Padmini Mataji from India, and Mataji will enlighten us on Srimad Bhagavatam. 5th Canto, 13th Chapter, 8th verse. So, Mataji, please take all the call now. 13th Chapter, right? Yeah, 13th Chapter. 5.13.8. Yes. Okay. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo Bhagavati vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Narayanam namaskritya narancai va naruttamam devim sarasvatim vyasam tato jayam mudirayit nasht prayeshu nityam bhagavat sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke, Bhaktir Bhavati Naistiki, Mukam Karoti Vachalam, Pangum Langayate Girim, Yat Krupa Tamaham Vandev, Shri Gurum Deenatarinam, Paramananda Madhavam, Shri Chaitanya Ishwaram. Canto 5, chapter 13, text 8, in the matter of Rangana, and verses with Jada Selankwachit Kantaka Sarkarangriet Nagaru Ruksur Bimana Ivas Ivas De Pade Pade Abhyantara bahina Vahin Vahni Nardita kautumbika prudyati vaijanaya Sometimes the merchant in the forest wants to climb the hills and mountains but due to insufficient footwear, his feet are pricked by small stone fragments and by thorns on the mountains. Being pricked by them, he becomes very aggrieved. Sometimes a person who is very attached to his family becomes overwhelmed with hunger, and due to his miserable condition, he becomes furious with his family members. Purport by his Divine V. S. S. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. The ambitious, conditioned soul wants to be very happy in this material world with his family, but he is compared to a traveller in the forest who desires to climb a hill full of thorns and small stones. As stated in the previous verse, the happiness derived from society, friendship and love is like a drop of water in the scorching heat of the desert. One may want to become very great and powerful in society, but this is like attempting to climb a hill full of thorns. See, Vishwanatha Chakravarti Thakura compares one's family to high mountains. Becoming happy in their association is like a hungry man's endeavouring to climb a mountain full of thorns. Almost 99.9% of the population is unhappy in family life, despite all the attempts being made to satisfy the family members. In the Western countries, due to the dissatisfaction of the family members, there is actually no family life. There are many cases of divorce and out of dissatisfaction, the children leave the protection of their parents. Especially in this age of Kali, family life is being reduced. Everyone is becoming self-centered because that is the law of nature. Even if one has sufficient money to maintain a family, the situation is such that no one is happy in family life. Consequently, according to the Varnashrama Institution, one has to retire from family life in the middle age. vanam brajit. One should voluntarily retire from family life at the age of 50 and go to Vrindavana or a forest. This is recommended by Srila Pralad Maharaj Bhagavatam 7.5.5 That sadhu manye suravarya samud asad grahat HITVARTMA PATHAM GRIHAM ANTHAKOOPAM VANAM GATOYA There is no benefit in transferring from one forest to another. One must go to Vrindavana forest and take shelter of Govinda. That will make one happy. The International Society for Krishna Consciousness is therefore constructing a Krishna Balram Temple to invite its members as well as outsiders to come and live peacefully in a spiritual atmosphere. That will help one become elevated to the transcendental world and return home back to Godhead. Another sentence in this verse is very significant. Kautumbika Krugyati vai janaya. When one's mind is disturbed in so many ways, he satisfies himself. He satisfies himself by becoming angry with his poor wife and children. The wife and children are naturally dependent on the father, but the father being unable to maintain the family properly becomes mentally distressed and therefore chastises the family members unnecessarily. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 12.2.9, being disgusted with family life, one separates from the family by divorce or some other means. If one has to separate, why not separate willingly? Systematic separation is better than forced separation. Forced separation cannot make anyone happy. But by mutual consent or by Vedic arrangement, one must separate from his family members at a certain age and fully depend on Krishna. This makes one's life successful. <laughs> Namama Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Pristaya Bhuta Te Jaya Pataka, Swaminati Namani, Nama Acharya Padaya, Nataya Kutva Pradayani, Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Pristaya Bhuta Leisham, Bhakti Vedanta, Swaminati Namani, Namaste Saraswati, Dauravani Pracharni Nirvase Shunivadi, Paschata Deshantani, Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Pravnatyananda, Shri Advaitha, Radha, Shavasadi, Ghorabakta Vrandha, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare. Sometimes the merchant in the forest wants to climb the hills and mountains, but due to insufficient footwear, his feet are pricked by small stone fragments and by thorns on the mountain. Being pricked by them, he becomes very aggrieved. Sometimes a person who is very attached to his family becomes overwhelmed with hunger and due to his miserable condition, he becomes curious with his family members. So here, this uh, climb of the merchant on the hills and mountains, what is that insufficient footwear is because of lack of means. Or Yeah, that is the reason. So he has to go barefoot. And so he is pricked by so many... Uh, stone fragments and which is natural the mountain stones and then he becomes very sad so in the same way the comparison analogy is with a person who's very attached to his family and here it is being compared to climbing a mountain you know trying to be happy and peaceful uh, you know very um, happy and um, um, you know enjoying in family life it's like climbing a mountain and if he doesn't have sufficient footwear or, uh, you know, proper means to enjoy, then he becomes very unhappy, overwhelmed with hunger, and due to his miserable condition, he becomes furious with his family members. Somewhere he has to vent out his uh, frustration, and because, uh, I mean, in today's world, no <laughs> family and boy is ready to take up that kind of, you know. <laughs> Uh, the head of the family because he is dependent on him and uh, when he gets angry then that's the easy way to vent out uh, your uh, frustration so and then it's a uh, Prabhupada says how in the Kali Yuga this, uh, this is spoken by Rah- uh Jadavarta in the Satya Yuga so, in all ages, family life, Prahlad Maharaj is also calling Grigamanda and Because, it is not meant, this whole, uh, this whole material, world, Krishna himself is telling, it's a prison house. It is Dukhalayam Ashashvatam. You cannot go to, when you go to the jail, you cannot keep complaining, you don't have enough facilities, and so on. In initially, especially the VIPs or very rich people, when they have to sit in the jail, they feel really miserable in the beginning. Then they get used to that because that is what jail is. You're not going there to enjoy it, Actually, You're going there for reformation. Similarly, we think that because, I mean, we have, Krishna also fulfills our desires because we have those desires and uh, we are a sort of, um, anyway, we are, I mean, they are completely controlled by Maya, by the modes of material nature. And all because we we were given the option, you surrender to Krishna or you surrender to Maya. That is our mistake. We chose Maya because we wanted to see what it is like. How without Krishna. Always with Krishna, no, no, let me see how it is like without Krishna. And so Krishna that also Krishna only created everything, we are completely dependent on Him, but we want to feel as if we are independent. We have the desire, not that we went and put a petition to Krishna, not well, at least I want to be independent. Uh, but Krishna knew, uh, He knows everything, our innermost desires. Even We may not even be aware very clearly that this is what I desire, but Krishna knows our desires. And um, so this whole elaborate arrangement, and then he personally also comes, he expands himself as, you know, as Mahavishnu and mm-hmm. uh, all this, uh, you know, Garbudakshai Vishnu, Kshirudakshai Vishnu, and Shiva and Brahma, so many devatas. How elaborate, systematic arrangement of this whole universe. Why? For just our sake. Just so that we can have this illusion of lauding it, of making different positions in which one thinks, you know, one is um, the controller, one is the choice. You know, I'm like Krishna. I'm also giving, you know, I, I'm, uh, there are people reporting to me, depending on me, and I have the intelligence to do so many things. So actually, everybody is trying to imitate Krishna in this material world. Whatever maybe his position. in uh, Maybe he's just a, a junior person in an office, but whatever authority he has, he thinks he's like a lord. And if he's in the government, all the more, you know, he has uh, the backing of being a government employee and everybody's uh, afraid and so he feels like a lord. Whatever, or even within the family, if he's the uh, head, head of the family, then he tries to, you know, act, impose his will and try to control and. So they are dominating over others through different ways, subtle and gross, different personalities. In different, different ways, we are trying to dominate and control and imitate Krishna. And naturally, that is why all Krishna has made it such that, okay, some sort of sense gratification is there. That's why we are continuing, trying to hope against hope, climbing the mountain, thinking that I will reach the top. But for that, how much struggle you have to go through, and finally, it's all over anyway. Like, um, it's not that perm- You go to the top of the mountain and stay happily ever after. No, so that is why the futility, and then Krishna also comes in the form of great acharyas, and in the scriptures is given. Oh, foolish people, don't don't continue like that. This is how it is. This is why it was created. And so those who are very intelligent should, yeah, I mean, realize that yes, this is true. It applies to me also. It applies to everybody. And Prabhupada is very clear that, you know, it's not just, um, I mean, it's not that there are some people whose life is not like that. Because he says, hmm, No. uh, He says, uh-huh. Happiness desi- derived from society, friendship and love is like a drop of water in that scorching heat of the desert. So that little bit of water what we are getting is insufficient. When we want to become very great and powerful in society, but this is like attempting to climb a hill full of thorns. So. Uh, And then Prabhupada is saying almost 99.9% of population is unhappy in family life despite all the attempts being made to satisfy the family members because, first of all, each family member, of course, normally in a family, people of different, I mean, of the similar karmas come together. That's why they are able to stick together as a family. Some some sort of common uh, likings and all that. That's why they get a similar lineage, I mean, you know, the genes and everything work, uh, material things also contribute, but the reason is that they have similar karmas. And um, so, but still, there is a lot of variations in that. And so, uh, each one has got a different point of view, different way of enjoy this life. So hardly there is some kind of a, you know, common, um, especially in today's world, there are divergent ways in which you can enjoy yourself. So many educational branches. People, uh, you know, uh, they uh, they choose different different options, and uh, they want to live in different places, lifestyles. So there is hardly anything in common between even uh, you know even within the nuclear family. There is nothing common anymore. Wife wants to do something else. Husband wants to do something. Children are all doing their own things, and so, so due to the dissatisfaction of family members, then what happens? There is actually no family life. And there are many cases of divorce. The children leave the protection of their parents. And so, this is something very common happening all the time, especially in this age of Kali, com- family life is being reduced. Everyone is becoming self-centered. Because that is the law of nature. So the law of nature is that we are selfish by nature and you know the modes of material nature as such that it is taking us towards sense gratification and they, they can't be anything common. Okay, it may be that if everything is available, unlimited money, so there are some people who are very wealthy and they all have similar kinds of tastes and all that, so then maybe they can you know, for some time cooperate and have a good time. But then very soon there are so many other competitive things happening about who will own the money, who will, you know, uh, call the shots, who will dominate over the other. So there is a wide range of reasons why there can be discord among human beings. And we see that even in, uh, you know, in the Satya Yuga, a person like Daksha, who is a great Rajapati. Very, very highly, uh, you know, uh, this thing, I mean, uh, um, uh, what you call cultured in Vedic uh, c- culture. I mean, he knew a lot of, he studied the lo- um, Vedas, he was very good in doing Tapasya. And um, as a Prajapati, he ruled over so many people in the universe and many, many good qualifications. And he was a devotee of Vishnu, but... He was a Karmakandi person. That means he was doing all this ultimately for his own position. He wanted, he liked that. His false ego was very strong. That I am Daksha, the expert. His name was that. And he was son direct son of Brahma. So qualified he was. And yet, you see his family life. You know, hardly, <laughs> you know, he had all problems. The first, uh, this thing, he had two lives as Daksha. In the first life as Daksha, he was, um, you know, he 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 had um, also actually in that uh, the same life first uh, because he was asked to populate the earth, he gave birth to um, sons, Hariyashwas, and in Savalaswas. So, you know, they, he sent them to do tapasya. I mean, um, so that they can control their mind and senses, and then they could also help him in expansion. So that was the job assigned to him, that he has to people populate the earth. And he wanted his sons also to help him in that, to rule over the people and to populate the earth. So, but he wanted good quality people, so he sent them to do Tapasya, and then Narada Muni thought, these are very nice uh, children, why they should be stuck up in materialistic activity. Actually, the purpose of creation is so that we can go back to Godhead. So, somehow Brahmaji, my father, is just engaging everyone and populating the earth because initially that's what he was telling. As soon as he created the four Kumaras also, he said, now you should get married and, um, you know, populate the earth. And then they were, they said, no, 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 we, we don't, we are not interested in that. We want self-realization. And he got so angry with them. And that is how Shiva came due to that anger from his forehead. So like that, he was just concentrating on, uh, you know asking of course narada ji also uh, came and then uh, he was uh, she uh, he also was not uh, inclined towards this so uh, and now uh, sudaksha so uh, he anyway he lost all the sons and then he got daughters through whom he did some work. but then he got uh Dakshayani or um, sati as his daughter after all this i mean he was highly qualified and he had, he had the blessings of Vishnu and he was like, you know, he could directly meet Vishnu and he was directly meet Shiva and all the devatas, such an exalted personality. But he became envious of Shiva. He was his son-in-law and he could not be happy, imagine, in his, with such great things available to him. He was not able to be happy in his family life because of false ego. By the day it happens to after you become so exalted like Daksha, or even here on the earth, we have all this false ego uh, acting as a big um you know uh, as a um, as a dampener of uh, uh, of happiness. Why? Because it makes you have unreasonable expectations from people. You know, he got very angry that Shiva did not uh, stand up to greet him like the other Devatas. He didn't understand Shiva's position. He was more exalted than him. He couldn't come to terms with that. Sometimes a father-in-law becomes very, you know, he doesn't like a son-in-law to be, um, you know, considered better than him. I mean, he wants a son-in-law to, uh, or he wants to feel that he is superior to him. You know, just says any i mean within the family all these kind of feelings are there and so he could never recognize shiva's qualifications at all even though vishnu himself was guiding him and uh, all the Devatas, they were all saying why you're against shiva he is very very exalted and he could not understand shiva because of different personalities daksha was a materialist i mean he was uh, like a karmakanti He was doing all these rituals, and he was very good and all that, and following Vedic culture properly. But his aim was uh, only material activities, not liberation. And whereas Shiva was so exalted, he didn't care for anything material at all, he thought it was all a waste of time. He sat and he was always meditating on Vishnu, on Rama, on Krishna, all the time. And he was so busy that he didn't even build one house. I mean, he is in charge of this material universe. He Nobody needs to build a house for him, just by his... I mean, just by uh, by building it, he could have made a house for himself. But he didn't. He thought, no, that's all a waste of time. He was sitting under the tree and meditating and clothes even He was wearing just deer skin. Why did he do that? Because... um he thought, you know, all these material things are very temporary. I mean, he, he was... By seeing him, one can know that these material things are all very transient. That's why. And imagine, his wife was uh, Durga or Parvati. Uh, she is in charge of... She's is Maya Devi. She is in charge of this whole material world. And he is living like that. He's not at all touched by Maya. You can see, Maya has no control over him. Maya is controlling others, but not her husband. So, such an exalted personality, and uh, because he only he, he thought, you know, he is always aloof. He doesn't even hobnob with the devatas and all. But they, because they're all after materials and gratification, and um, you know, enjoyment. So his mood is different. So, two such divergent personalities in the same family, then naturally there will be problems. So uh, Daksha could not understand, even though he had such a great son-in-law. And he turned against his own daughter. She was his most favorite daughter. But because of being married to a man who was against his, uh, this thing, the concept of uh, whatever, civilized being, he turned against her and he was so insulting to both of them that she even gave up her life. She just, you know, we know that Daksh, Daksha Yajna, which um, he, you know, in which, for which everybody, a great Yajna he performed, and he invited everybody in the universe, everybody, all who's uh, something, everybody from all over the universe he invited, except Shiva, just to spite him, because he didn't respect him, well, according to what he thought, he how he should be respected, he didn't, um, satisfy his expectations so he wanted to spite him and he also made a rule Prajapati has got great power so he said that he will not get his share in any of the yajnas he made a rule that because in the yajnas everybody you know we do to uh, invitation uh, to different different um, Devatas you invite them and ask them to be seated, and then you offer whatever is sacrifice as their share. And he said, everybody gets a share, all the devatas and Vishnu, and Shiva also. But he changed the rule. He said, Shiva should not be given. Imagine, he's so powerful. And he thought Shiva will be bothered and worried, and then he'll come uh, falling at his feet and begging him for favors. Shiva was least bothered. He said, okay, fine, I'm not interested in getting these shares and all that. And uh, But Parvati, I mean, Sati, she was attached to her father and she thought that, you know, if uh, my father really loves me. We can see what is this so-called love in the material world. Actually, before she married Chiva, she was really the favorite daughter of yet so many, some 60 daughters. Among them, she was the youngest Sati. And Daksha really loved her, I mean... He was very attached to her, because she was really the most qualified and youngest also. So she was the pet of the whole family. And she thought, my father loves me. So for my sake, he will change his attitude towards my husband. And, um, you know, uh, then uh, he will listen to me. This is the confidence she had. Shiva warned her, don't go there. He knew his nature. I mean, he knew material nature, basically. Sati was very young and in a sense She was playing the part. Of course, she is um, very exalted, but in that role as Sati, she was a young daughter of um, uh, Daksha with no experience of all the world, and she really thought her father loves her very much. And so he, she said, no, I'm going. You come or not, but I'm going. And she actually went so that she thought, she had confidence to reach him together. But it didn't happen like that. Instead, what happened? Daksha didn't even look at her. And, um, you know, the mother and sisters were all okay. They were talking, but she, uh, you know, she felt very insulted because he, she was his favorite daughter. And uh, so, then, okay, she then And she saw that there was a place for everybody in the Yajna. You know, all the great personalities would come, Brahma, Devatas, Vishnu... All were seated, but there was no seat for Shiva. So she said, "Why do you do like this? You at least, you know, you must uh, give a place for him." And then Aksha was very, very, uh, you know, insulting. He said, "What kind of a husband are you talking about? And where uh, he resides, and what kind of dress, and he's not civilized." And and then Sati could not tolerate it, and she didn't have the, you know, what is the point of going back to Shiva and telling him, yes, I made a mistake. And then, it's such a, I mean, she she didn't even want to be, uh, she didn't want to maintain the body which was given to her by her father. And for that sake, she burnt herself with a yogi power. So, this is the, a family life which existed right from Satya Yuga. It's not only there for Kali Yuga. And so, one thing we learned that we mustn't have too much expectations from happiness, from family life and that is why everyone from the very beginning should have another uh, area uh, which is permanent and which can actually unite all of them which is devotion to krishna and that's why if all the family members are trained from their childhood how to um, you know worship krishna a family which prays together stays together and in earlier times in you know it was very peaceful life Everybody, it was an agrarian thing, you know, set up. Um, so, just do something, some work, and come. And okay, Brahmanas had their duties; they go to the temple and do something. And Chatriyas, okay, they have their um, whatever. Some administrative were working for, you know, their uh, duties as either as uh, for protection and so on. Nothing was too so tedious. Something you do to maintain your body, but it was not over Endeavor. And um, people didn't give too much importance to, you know, uh, going up the hierarchy and, um, you know, all this politicking and uh, thinking your whole life is based on I should sit on the top and control a lot of people. At least my life is based on. But they had other, uh, okay, um, why? why I think they have a contented life because, and they did all the jobs. This, this is what but Varnashrama, everyone, according to his nature, you do prescribe some duty, and the reason is to satisfy Vishnu, that is why they did the job, and people had simple tastes and habits, just a minute, ah, just excuse me for a second. So, um, uh, so if the family worships together, and so in Bhakti, it is full of hope. Because first of all, from the very beginning, we understand that we have got a higher goal and purpose in life. And not, not just being happy together and enjoying and, you know, having... You know, and great pleasure out of ordinary things ordinary things in the sense material um, well being and material uh, sense gratification but rather the happiness is in uh, you know praying to krishna together early morning rising and um, you know everybody used to go to the temple temple was the center of everybody's life or at home also they worshiped and then uh, they go to do their jobs, and then the job is not too late in the night and all that. something. Late uh, late in the afternoon and then you're back and there is enough time to be relaxed. And, uh, you know, there is a fulfillment of also being with the family and evenings, again, for worshipping the Lord. And then go in the night after the meals, they go to the temple and there is always harikata or some drama something to remind you of Krishna so in this way what happens when you have Krishna also Krishna at the center of the family everybody is thinking of them automatically you feel very satisfied everybody is moving to the mode of goodness everyone is uh, developing modes of service if that is the case if everyone wants to just come together to that is the source of happiness then You don't have to, uh, you know, uh, then all these things are automatically overcome. Because family, that is Grihastha Ashram, not grihamedi. Daksha was a grihamedi. Even though he was such a great, um, you know, he was a Prajapati and he knew all the Vedas. He was very, very well-learned and everything. But his mood was sense gratification. And that is why he he was not happy. On the other hand, Bhakti Yogis uh, or Gris Gris Ashrama is for spiritual advancement. And uh, so, somehow, if everybody is on the same page, trying to come together, okay, in Kali it takes time for everyone to have the same level of devotion. And a lot of it has to be self-motivated, because in earlier times, the temple was, I mean, it was small, agrarian communities, there are so many temples, that was the center of the life. Of course, Prabhupada also has uh, made so many Iskon temples, so we are fortunate to live close to that. And then you go for Mangala Arati with your family, and even in and Arati, and um, uh, like that. In the night also, you have your death and come back home. There are some, I mean, even in India, uh, even now, even in urban cities, like, you know, I've seen in uh, Chennai and all that, um, you know, the, like uh, places like Mailapur and uh, Triplicane, where there is a huge, big, very nice temple. And uh, are all the people staying nearby, even be, they all visit the temple. Every day, morning and evening, you'll see all people walking towards the temple. And that becomes uh, like the center of their lives. You know, whatever job you may do just for maintaining yourself, but the whole family all learning things, uh, Sanskrit slow cars and doing services, um, everything. I mean, such a mode of goodness life. Then you can expect some peace and happiness. Even then, life is temporary. So, everybody should always be preparing that eventuality that we are there, here, together. It's not a permanent thing. So, we have to prepare ourselves for that. So then, it doesn't affect so much because if you are you know, then there is real love, because you recognize other people as souls, not their bodies. When you uh, Then otherwise, they become objects for sense gratification, even the relationship between husband and wife. If they have only been thinking of sense gratification, objects of uh, lust, then after some time, either you get fed up, oh, same person, or you think when they become old, you are not interested in them, you look for other sources of pleasure, because you've seen them as objects for sense gratification. On the other hand, if there is these devotional activities and you, uh, you know, if the husband and wife are together serving Krishna, then then you start loving uh, each other on a deeper level, on a more uh, spiritual level, the real person. And so then, you know, uh, you uh, When you are doing Krishna Consciousness, that is why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Grihetaku ko Sada Hari ko." This going to Vana, which is mentioned here, which Prabhupada also says, that willingly we must separate, instead of being forced to separate. That is for those who are following Varnashrama Dharma. In Varnashrama Dharma, also, I mean, everybody is moving towards mode of goodness, but there is a lot of sense gratification also, and then that is why, in, uh, when you reach your mid, this uh, thing, you have to um, give up and go. Otherwise, you'll become very attached and implicated in material life. But if you're doing Krishna consciousness, that is on a much higher level, it's transcendental level. And what happens is, that from the very beginning, we are trying to serve Krishna together, then we have the proper understanding that we are parts of Krishna, and our eternal life is somewhere else. In this life, we came together. But uh, actually, uh, we are meant to go back there. So, that attachment to sense gratification is reduced to a great level. And we get inner pleasure out of serving Krishna together. That is why, it's such a wonderful thing that Ethan Mahaprabhu said, in this age, who can take, you know, uh, how many people will take Vana Prastha and go without doing devotional service? can you expect that those who are leading Karmakanda lives, which is Varnashrama, is more like that, in the sense that Krishna is in the center, they are doing, it's not very much in the center, they know, they, they are having God consciousness and all that, but they also because the process is not so strong, uh, like Bhakti Yoga, there is a lot of attachment, and so they have to willfully, Uh, you know, sever themselves from, sever themselves from the family so that they can completely think of Krishna. But in Bhakti Yoga, what happens, from the very beginning, Krishna is in the center and we are trying to serve Him. So that acts as, uh, you know, it like, um, it separates, I mean, it helps us to be detached from the very beginning, to really love one another as spirit souls more than bodies and that is more satisfying. So, we have had so many devotees in Eskorn, um, where, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, due to some uh, illness or something, one of them, either husband or wife has to leave the body uh, due to that, and the other, actually, the partner uh, the, or the spouse is not a source of, uh, you know, obstacle in, this, uh, in their going back to God, it's rather they are also helping by reading, by chanting, and by reminding them. So then they are no longer Maya, they are no longer objects of, uh, you know, uh, they are not obstacles in our realization of Krishna. So this is the greatest boon that has become and this was possible, this was also there in Satya Yuga. Maybe this was, you know, Rahugana and uh, Jada a little later parts of Satya Yuga. Because in Satya Yuga, everybody was meditating on the Lord. And so, uh, there was very little sense gratification. And so, there was a golden age where everything was perfect. Like, 100%. They all had a very nice... uh, Of course, nothing is 100% because there are always asuras to disturb the peace. And anyway, one has to die so all these things were there but generally material life was also quite peaceful and everything was available not so much of difficulty in a, a very good kings who made sure that um, everybody followed their varnashrama dharma and so on so that satya yuga chaitanya mahaprabhu said we can bring to this kali yuga if even 1% of population of every place start chanting Hare krishna very sincerely then that can offset the sinful reactions of the remaining population. That is how powerful Hare Krishna Mantra is. That even 1% of a population of a place start chanting sincerely Hare Krishna and are really trying to advance in Krishna consciousness, then not only burns up our own, I mean whoever is chanting their own, uh, you know, sins and other things uh, they are uh, getting purified but combined vibrations can destroy all the sinful vibrations of the populace this is the only hope otherwise the bad people are completely uh, you know engaged in sinful activities and um, there is no way in which um, they, they don't have any knowledge neither are they interested in knowing it and then schools and All educational institutions are not uh, teaching anything to do with all these things, you know. So, there is complete decline and there is no hope. There is hope because of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. And He doesn't even say that unless everybody starts chanting, Hare Krishna, only the golden age will come. Even if one percent of the population becomes sincere devotees, that can change the whole scene and he has predicted it's going to happen so we must have complete faith so we should not lose heart that how can i change this world there is so much of evil happening people so, so much ignorance so much of vices so much of sinful activities going on but we should not feel depressed because even if one i mean even if we just work on ourselves for example that's not of course if we work on ourselves they'll become more compassionate and try to reach out to others also. First starting with the family members and everybody. We want to give that same happiness to others. A Vaishnava is, I mean, by definition, para dukha dukhi. So that will happen. So first, our hearts has to be cleansed of, uh, you know, and the Hare Krishna mantra is so powerful that it is removing the desire for sense gratification and instead giving us a happiness to him in- Serving the Lord. So that is the amazing thing. That how much of, uh, you know, the, what we are supposed to be in the spiritual world, that we are practicing now only. Right now, right from the time we come in <laughs> contact with Krishna consciousness, whatever is happening in the Iskon temple, whatever we are advised and uh, taught to follow in the homes, is so pure that it is similar to what we do in the spiritual world. That is how powerful it is, how pure it is. And, but of course, uh, because we are still in the material world, we are not able to follow purely. So it's, it's mixed. It's got contaminations and all. So that's why we're not getting the full effect. But as time goes on, and uh, also as as Yathabh Swami was mentioning how once the TOVP is functional and so many people are going to come and see the wonderful, you know, planetarium where the entire structure of the universe is shown and they can see what are hellish planets, are different planets and so on and then they see, of course, the beautiful deities and um, and the mood of Mayapur Dham and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy is that golden age will start manifesting after that but it is not that the temple may be built and automatically golden age will manifest It is a very great, um, what do you call, um, Mm. facility for us to inspire people to go and see such a nice place. Or we take them along and um, we show them around and tell them the glories. Then, yes, whoever goes there will come out a changed person. You know, it's like somebody uh, enters, um, yeah, even an atheist or somebody, a non-believer or agnostic take them there and then they go through this whole entire T O V P they see that and then they see the rest of Mayapur Dham and uh, hear about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and visit his pastime places and by the time they are ready to leave Mayapur, finished, they are transformed, so that's possible but all the people around the world have to preach and at least induce people go and visit this, this out of the world You know, like, you may tell them and they may think, ah, yeah, I have to also see the Taj Mahal. So, okay, one day I will go see Taj Mahal and (laughs) the But no, you can't wait like that. Go immediately. Such a wonderful place that if you want to be happy, it's not just the structure of the temple or something. Not just to see the structure of the universe. Because it's the only place in the world where such a thing is. Being attempted nowhere else, nowhere on the earth is there anything like this. So definitely, it's going to be a big crowd puller uh, all over the world. But it should not. It's not only for that. If you just say, "Oh, they have got a structure of the universe," that may not, uh, you know, immediately trigger a desire to come and see. It. If you, also we have to tell them about who who is Prabhu, that he is the Yuga Avatar and Avatar for this age and Mayapur Dham is very very special and uh, if, when you go there you get all this knowledge just by seeing this T.O.V.P it's just knowledge everything you require is there in, inside it all the books and the feeds and whatever you may need to make your life happy is there so better hurry up and go and like this, it becomes it will become easier for our preaching, definitely. So you just get truckloads, I mean, hordes uh, of people just to visit POVP, and then you can make them in, easily into devotees. That facility, it will definitely become easier for us. And if we are somehow instrumental as one of the instruments in bringing about this revolution you know, in people's hearts, then we can... Be satisfied that I did something so that the golden age should come fast, you know, and that can offset, imagine, and people's thinking itself will change, actually in the Bhagavan it's mentioned about how Yayati he was um, you know, Shukracharya's son-in-law and um, initially he was very lusty and uh, you know, he wanted uh, Shukracharya cursed him because his daughter, uh, Shukra, he was married to Shukracharya's uh, Daughter Devyani, but uh, you know, due to it's mentioned how her, the king's daughter Shashwita was a friend. Also, because of uh, whatever offense she did to Devyani, she was asked to come as a uh, one of her maids. And so she was uh, acting as a maid in the palace. Now, kings, you know they had a relationship with the Dasis and all that, and she is not an ordinary Dasi, she's a princess. So he also had um, a relationship with her, and so uh, Shukracharya cursed him, and that you will get old age. And then he traded his old age with his, one of his sons, and uh, he enjoyed his youth, and then gave back the youth to them, he did many things like that, but finally he became a great devotee, And he made the entire kingdom also follow this. Chant Hare Krishna. As a king, that's the advantage. In a democracy, it's so difficult. But as a king, he... You know, everybody had to follow it. Chant Hare Krishna, follow Ipadasis, and only see all religious uh, programs, uh, all these sort of things. So, what was happening was, nobody had any old age, disease, nobody was even dying and uh, so uh, the devatas were all thinking oh my god uh, you know especially yamaraj he went and complained to indra Dev, what is the or brahma you know or, uh, and shiva see i am not able to do my job nobody is coming here because whoever goes to yamaloka is all from the earth only uh, other places are all places of enjoyment and from there they have to come to the earth in order to uh, again, you know, to Tapasya and go there. So nobody goes from those planets. And hellish planets, anyway, they're already in hell. <laughs> so, um, that main, uh, all the, and they also have, have to come back to the earth where for purification. If they Otherwise, they're constantly in the hellish planets only. And uh, so, now, Yayati made all of them devotees, and so, the whole he was the king of the whole earth. And nobody was going to the Yamaloka at all. So he said, now I'm unemployed, I don't have any job. So the devatas, you know, they hatched a plot and they said, don't worry, what we'll do, you know. Uh, so he got Cupid, Mother, Ma- 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 um, Manmad and Rati and then um, with all uh, their um, people, you know, to dance and all the Apsaras and so on, they all were sent down, and they went in the, went in disguise and told King Gaiati that we can, you know, uh, we can uh, entertain you with a very nice drama, uh, bhakti, based on bhakti only, he would not see ordinary mundane dramas, so they were all watching the king also, and so many citizens together, they were watching, and their plan was just as, and the king was very glued to the drama and fully really involved in that. suddenly they will all strip or the rathi <laughs> or whoever. Some so then Maya will attack him, and then once Maya attacks his consciousness, then all uh, ma- uh, then you know all these powers, transcendental power of not dying, nobody going to hellish planets, all will be mm,
1: uh,
0: you know uh, removed. Those powers will be gone. So this was their plan, and they did like that. And oh, yeah, you see? so, and for a moment, he thought of sense gratification. And so, then Maya entered, and again back to I mean, people. what I'm saying is that uh, the power of bhakti, that it can keep all these, you know, elevate people's consciousness, and along with elevation of consciousness, automatically you know, all these um, sufferings will reduce. So whatever we are seeing, you know, because in the Bhagavatam, it gives us the actual picture what it is. We might think, oh, it is so depressing and very uh, disappointing, very negative, but it's a reality. And, but it's also telling us how to overcome that and be happy. And that is only possible with Krishna, with Krishna consciousness. and. We are so fortunate that we are living in this kali yuga, when Chaitanya and that too in this time, we are almost like contemporaries of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 500 years nothing. We have so many accounts of him, and um, you know, pastime places, which seem, uh, you know, and so many people still remember. It is true tradition, everything is coming down, and um, so. Um, and uh, only in this, in this entire Kalpa, only once in the of Brahma Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes. I mean, yes, it's this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Otherwise, in other um, Kalyugas, uh, this, I mean, uh, Narayana, uh, that is not Krishna Chaitanya, but he, he comes as, um, uh, Narayana comes in the form of Chaitanya, Gaur Narayana, he comes. And he teaches Hari. He also teaches Bhakti but not about Radha-Krishna love, that can be given only by Krishna. So, uh, I mean, we are so, we can get the topmost perfection in this age. And, uh, uh, you know, we can offset all the sufferings by uh, taking full shelter of this chanting and doing devotional service. Such a powerful method and you can see how Jada Bharata, because he has really gone through this whole family situation, he was an emperor and the children and everything, all material things, the facilities available to him. He, re, he just um, refused all that and he became a mendicant and there also the attachment to a dear. So that is why he is taking so long to explain the futility of material attachment, how dangerous it is. And, you know, it can never give us happiness. But... The same thing if you put Krishna in the center and you're not attached in a very, you know, you're acting as servants. We're all servants and you're doing your duty as a parent or a husband or a wife. You're doing those roles but always in the mood of, I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. Then there is no bondage and then we can even go back to Godhead. Just like the Pandavas were always sticking together as a family. But they loved Krishna so much, so, it is not that, um, because all of them loved Krishna, they were able to, they loved each other also so much, they could never be, uh, you know, they could never bear any moment separation from one another. So, that is how it is, if you put Krishna in the center, then you can love each other also very much, and at the same time, you can have Krishna as the most beloved of, uh, of oneself. So, this is the amazing power of uh, devotional service, and um, so we don't have to become depressed about it. And so even Varnashrama Dharma becomes... uh, So, Draupad actually, initially, he wanted us to take us above Varnashrama Dharma, make us transcendental, and then he wanted us to teach it to the rest of the society also. But becoming transcendental is actually quite a difficult job because we have to fight with the modes of passion and ignorance. Goodness has to defeat passion and ignorance and then we have to even transcend that and become Vishuddha Sattva. But in Kali Yuga, everywhere
1: people are swimming in the
0: modes of passion and ignorance. So it's very difficult. So he was a little... So, um, and, uh, you know, uh, then uh, what happened was um, he uh, um, uh, So, we have to think, um, you know, um, so by uh, Krishna consciousness, uh, so Prabhupada, he found that uh, becoming transcendental was uh, very difficult because many of the sannyasis. They fell down. And he was a little disappointed with that. And he found that... So that is why he said that everybody... He made certain things you know, you're selling the books. I'm writing the books. You're not reading, but you're selling them. And you're getting money out of it. But that that will not help us. You have to read it first. So reading all the books, and he wanted all this Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Vaibhav, all these exams, so that we read. We are forced to read it very analytically, systematically, and understand the subject matter, so that we, we will know how how to, uh, you know, how spiritual life is so important, and so on. We know, uh, so that is one thing, and um, he, so gradual. I mean, he wanted this uh, varnashrama also, that's why he wanted Gurukula, uh, so that children are, uh, you know, taught from the very beginning, and um, uh, how to control their senses and so on uh, <clears throat> and so we need Varnashrama principles it's not that he gave up on the trans- uh, transcending the moods but we need Varnashrama uh, uh, to help us like you know what are the ro- uh, duties uh, because transcendental means because um, those uh, devotional life and only do preaching and other activities. That is how it was during Prabhupada's time. They all surrendered so much in the beginning that they didn't do anything else except just they just wanted to be at the temple, only doing book distribution, only um, you know doing different different services for Krishna, and they they weren't going for their jobs. They were not even staying together as a family. The children also they sent them to Gurukula. There was so much renounce. But then, after some time, it's not difficult to sustain, it's very difficult to sustain it. And that's why Prabhupada said, we should have varnashrama, And that, that is when Iskon came out of the temple and many of the stars, before they were so renounced in the temple, what you hardly even meet your spouses, the children, also somewhere all the time you're going for book distribution and um, whatever, all the other services, deity service. But after that, slowly what happened was they thought, oh, we can't live such renounced lives. We also want to be live together as a family, and then we also want some money. So then Prabhupada said, okay, then Bharna Shramas, okay, you do your jobs, you do that, at the same time you do Krishna consciousness, and then you can, uh, so then uh, after the 50th year and all that, you can to be a Varna prasthi and do much more preaching, go and do services at the temple, your children are all settled then... So it becomes easy. So Varnashrama is supporting uh, our Krishna conscious activities. But it's not the main thing. But we need... We cannot fully act like a, a full Varnashrama because very difficult to follow it thoroughly. But some major aspects of it to support us so that you know those are not able to suddenly transcend everything and just only serve krishna then they have this is also supporting women also are, uh, need to be married and uh, you know all these things but then they can also get complete perfection they can also be engaged in all transcendental activities at the same time like varnashrama they are married and protected and so on so in this way Uh, you know, uh, we can get happiness, (laughs) even in Kali Yugaan this is the special mercy and blessings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sri Prabhupada and all the um, Aguru Parampara. Thank you very much Hare Krishna. Any questions
1: or comments? Hare Krishna Mataji, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay, you give very very in class. I always enjoy your class. I have a question. So, what about uh, the the you know uh, uh, there is not mention about uh, Kari's daughter Devyani. So, what happened to her uh, with all this misery, uh, being a Sukracharya's daughter? What what is her story? The end of story. What happened her life?
0: I do, I mean that I have not read. Um, but um, we can understand, I mean, maybe because Yayati became a very great devotee, maybe she also, because actually she is from a Brahmana family, no? Uh, Shukracharya is also a Brahmana, even though he was, um, you know, uh, he was a uh, uh, guru for the Asuras. That is because actually he wanted to yeah. be guru of the Devas, Devas only, but they wanted, uh, Devas chose or Rama chose Duhaspati for them, so he, he was you know, he had to. Be. So maybe she also followed Yayati and became. I don't know. We have to see the Puranas if something is mentioned about her.
1: And as you mentioned that uh, if we follow this uh, all uh, Varnashrama and all, so the but the 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 cause for the misery uh, with the attachment in this Maya in Kali Yuga is this gunas, uh, patience and ignorance. So how to. Uh, Change those uh, uh, from passion and ignorance to go towards Guna. Besides, the, uh, so many people they say that they are in Krishna conscious. We do bhaktis, we do all sevas and all. So, do you think that is uh, that is the only way to go and change passion and ignorance to go to Guna?
0: How, Sattva Guna, that is what, whatever we are doing, whatever Prabhupada has taught us, is the strongest method to raise our consciousness to Sattva Guna. Getting up early in the morning, uh, chanting Hare Krishna Mantra along with devotees, and listening to the Holy Name, and listening to the Bhagavad Gita. These are all very, very strong, powerful um, uh, processes to... Thing, to elevate our consciousness. Over and above that we have to be very careful that we don't again associate with modes of passion right. And to uproot it. Whatever attachments we have to passion and ignorance should be removed. Uh, that is unearth and stage. That is the difficult stage. Actually in bhakti every stage is nectarian. Except the unearth stage because you have to pull out the beads. And the things which are grounding us to passion and ignorance. We have to... That's why we have to consult everything we cannot... Sometimes we can't even see our weeds. So, we have to consult a senior Vaishnavas Guru, and uh, remove those weeds, and, uh, you know, in this way, that they can also help, and Krishna helps. If we are sincere, He will keep on helping us to remove those weeds. We should just accept it. Whatever He gives us, sometimes, it's a lot of um, difficulties we have to go through so that we give up those uh, attachments to those things like that. That is the only stage. Anhenevity is the stage where you know some little austerity, suffering is there. But along with the joy of bhakti also, except that we also are aware, and then we, we can uh, once you come to um, Nishta stage after anhanevrity, then it is goodness. And you know, it keeps on, very easily you go to the higher levels. Only up to coming to Nishta, we have to struggle a bit, in the Anarbanadrani stage, where we are pulling out modes of passion and ignorance, uh, whichever, whatever uh, remaining strains of attachment are there. Otherwise, this process which Prabhupada has given us, if we do sincerely, most of it will go away. But then there are still some very adamant stains, you know, or... uh, Come, uh, like the, they are stuck. That requires a little bit of uh, effort. But if we become Thank aware and we really uh, pray to the Lord for mercy, then by His mercy, we, only by the Lord's mercy, by Guru's mercy, we can overcome. Otherwise, Maya is very difficult to overcome. No, Mama Maya, duratya, Mama Eva, itam Maya, So we have to repeatedly, every day, beg Him, to remove it and definitely every day he will reciprocate and remove some he cleanses. Krishna personally cleanses, no? The Bhagavatam also it's mentioned that one who's always listening to his um, you know, glories about him, the Lord is so happy and he personally cleanses our hearts. So we have to keep praying to him so that he would clean it. Cleanse our hearts.
1: Okay. Thank you, in Mataji. The... Thank you, Mataji. Okay, thank you. Hare Krishna, Mataji. Hare Krishna. Uh, please express my humble or for the world. Mataji, I just make a question. You know, uh, in briefly, if you can please elaborate uh, on Pardon? What? What? Var- Varnashrama, Vanaprastha hmm. and vairagya Like the comparison, comparative only once in small sentence, you know, no more description, no long sentence Varnashrama, you want to know about? Uh,
0: Vanaprastha.
1: Different, yeah. Varnashrama, what is, what is the uh, Varnashrama, Vanaprastha and uh, vairagya you know? Varnashrama Different. is...
0: Varna and Ashram are dividing uh, everybody, uh, you know, uh, there are four uh, types of men, so you choose, uh, and there are different sets of rules, how they, they should follow, because each uh, profession or job is atta- is based on one particular mode. So, Brahmanas are operating on the mode of goodness, Chatriyas in the mode of passion, Vaishya, in the mode of uh, passion and ignorance, and Shudra, ignorance. So, what are the qualities of goodness? Goodness is um, detached spiritual enlightenment, and um, not having too many desire, material desires. So, that is good for a, a, to be a Brahmana. A Brahmana, if you are uh, not somebody who's got too many material desires, and you're satisfied, peaceful, and you want to have knowledge for its own sake, right? Not knowledge uh, for so that I can become the head of something. No, I just want knowledge for its own sake. So that is mode of goodness. So Brahmanas, if you are, if you have these qualities, mode of goodness, then you you can do Brahman. You should do Brahmanical work. Then, if you have a lot of desires, to sense gratification, and um, you know. Um, but you're also advanced spiritually, but you also have a lot of desires. Then you're a kshatriya, administrative work, uh, and uh, you know uh, physically doing good to people, like you know protecting them, giving charity, and administrative work, that sort of thing. And vaisya is amazing. so ignorance means somebody you know who doesn't who's very distracted, cannot be uh, you know concentrate. And then um, uh, always misunderstanding things, misrepresenting uh, things, and then uh, uh, attached to sinful activities. Uh, so, these, uh, this, this is a descriptive of mode of ignorance. So, Vaishyas or business people are mixed mode of passion and ignorance, and Chudras fully are um, in the mode of ignorance. So, according to these modes, professions are decided which are catering to what kind of activity. Vaishyas only for, you know, even though uh, it is a passion and ignorance, they want a lot of wealth and sense enjoyment, but then it's also purifying because they have to do business also uh, based on not just any business, I mean, cow protection, farming, and then trading and excess of whatever they have, like that. And then Sudra, all other jobs which are more physical in nature, so like that, it's not just to, I mean, have one set of people dominate over the other, but it is so that gradually, according to the nature that we have acquired, very easily we can do the job and make, uh, go towards goodness. So that is Varnashrama, and Ashrama is Brahmacharya, Gristha, Banaprastha and sannyasa, And that is, uh, so, uh, first 25 years, you have to be a Brahmachari, that is for the boys, that they have to stay the gurukul and follow very strict discipline and be trained in spiritual life and a completely celebrate very austere and have to serve the guru very meanily. so they develop a character 25 to 50 years of age grahastha life if they want they can get married and then 50 to 75 is manaprastha where they retire from uh, you know, active family this uh, thing. They just travel. Both husband and wife together can do that. They can go to different vidyas uh, and you know, more religious life. I mean, focused on that. And then after 75, uh, then the wife is uh, kept under the protection of a uh, son, and uh, the husband goes take uh, sannyasa you know, so that he can completely concentrate on. Uh, going back to Godhead. So this is the Varnashrama system. And Vairagya means detachment from uh, sense, uh, you know, material entanglement. Uh, you know, or the uh, renunciation of sense, in the, in, uh, sense gratification in this material world and fixing our um, thoughts only in um, serving Krishna and going back to Godhead. So that is Vairagya. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, thank you, Mataji. Hare
0: Krishna, Mataji, thank you so much for the wonderful class and uh, answer question-answer session. Uh, if no one has any question or comment, we can end up the call here. Does anybody have any question or comment? Okay. Mancha, Kalpitar, thank you so much mataji hari, kushu, thank you mataji thank
1: you very much maynü.